Saturday evening, 7.50. I know that's 7.50 because uh, I'm 10 minutes early. Uh, meeting a friend for some drinks. And on the way here, I answered some emails. And um, once again, this was the third time this week that I was in contact with someone who doesn't really know what mastering is. And I understand that these days it's kind of a weird thing because it changed in a, bit, in a, in a way what it is. So uh, right now here I wanted to explain the difference between mixing and mastering and what mastering actually means and what, it, what people think it means. I don't know actually what, what, what they think it means. Um, well, if you produce a song, you have different instruments, kick drum, bass, snare drum, guitar, vocal, synth, whatever. And if you mix a song, what you do is you try to make all of these instruments uh, heard in a way that makes the song exciting. Mixing does not mean that you have to make all of these instruments be heard at the same level all the time. That's not what mixing is. This is that is technically making the song listenable. A good mixer changes the level of the instruments so that maybe the kick drum is louder in this part, maybe the vocals are louder in that part, depending on what the song needs. So, again, mixing, you balance the individual sounds and instruments and voices and everything in the song so that it sounds exciting and good. Well, not ex exciting, but good for the message of the song. If it's a sad, slow song, you don't want to make it exciting. Um, mastering, on the other hand. Mastering used to be really relevant because what it initially was was... Uh, to get a song that was mixed onto a tape uh, reel, like just a you know, audio tape, get it ready for um, for vinyl pressing, and you needed to have some technical stuff done to that, and that was originally mastering. At that point, um, mastering engineers started changing the sound to make it better, and so mastering instead of just making it ready for vinyl became adjusting the individual songs because back in the day you usually listened to singles which had usually one song on one side maybe a second song on one side or maybe a second song on the other side so it's two or three songs or it's an album that had four songs on one side of the vinyl four songs on the other so if these songs sounded too different um, you would adjust them so song one and song two maybe one had more bass so you would adjust that Maybe the other one was louder, so you would adjust that so that when you listened to all the songs in a row, they all sounded reasonably similar. And um, over time, when we started going to CD and um, along with that, people started adding. So at first, the mastering process was putting it onto vinyl. Then it was adjusting the sound so that the album sounded listenable as one. Um, because every recording and every mix sounds a little different. So, and after that, it started to get to make the song as loud as possible. Because people were putting CDs, um, like in, in clubs or in, in bars, uh, into like a CD player thingy where like a lot of CDs or a lot of songs were being played. Same with radio. And the louder it was, the more exciting it sounded. Loud is always supposed to sound better for, it is, it does sound more exciting and better for about two minutes or something, which is enough. So 
there was a thing called the loudness war and everyone didn't care anymore if the song sounded good they just cared if they sounded really loud um, and this kind of loud sound kind of became um, uh, became synonymous with mastering people would make a mix and then they'd hear the mix and it was much 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 less loud than a commercial uh, commercially available CD and then they would uh, send it to mastering and think that the only thing that mastering does is make it really fucking loud. So at, at some point, um, maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago, that was the thing that people thought that was being done by mastering. Today, we live in a world where nobody listens to CDs anymore. Vinyl is kind of back, so vinyl mastering is a thing. But um, what is really uh, happening is that people listen to individual songs. If you listen to Spotify, you don't listen usually, don't listen to the, like the Faderhead album from song one to song 14. You listen to one Faderhead song, and then you listen to, I don't know, one VNV Nation song, then you listen to one Combi Christ song, and then maybe you listen to a Justin Bieber song, whatever, you know, whatever is in the playlist or whatever is in the, in the, um, whatever the, the algorithm suggests. So the idea of making four, six, seven, eight, fourteen songs sound kind of similar so that you can listen to them one after the other, that is completely out of the window. Doesn't need to be done. Vinyl mastering doesn't need to be done either because you're not listening on vinyl unless you're printing vinyl. That's a different thing and you need a separate mastering process, but nobody really, uh, most people don't do that. So um, what's my point? So you don't need mastering for album anymore and you don't need loudness anymore. And this is the, the next thing. Spotify, Deezer, Tidal, YouTube, all the streaming services, what they do is they um, measure your loudness, the, the, the loudness of the song. You can, you can measure it in dB, RMS, it doesn't matter. You, you can have a measurement if a song is very loud. Um, and then they lower it to a certain standard. So if your song is let's say minus 6 dB, which is very loud. And the Spotify standard is minus 14 dB, which is not very loud at all. Then they will lower your um, your song that is minus 6 dB down to minus 14 dB, so that is not as loud, which makes all the songs on Spotify almost the, kind of the same loudness. Um, so today the idea that you need to master a song for loudness if you put it on Spotify it doesn't really exist anymore so now we have the situation that people really don't know what the fuck they need mastering for because they don't do albums they just do singles and they also put them on Spotify so that they don't need the loudness and that's where we come why they actually might need mastering and that's because their mixing is shit and um, that is not a knock on people because first of all mixing takes a long time just because you you know you have some software and some speakers and you put them in the corner of a room onto a desk doesn't mean you can actually hear what you're doing so most people who don't have a proper studio and who don't have a lot of experience they will put out very terrible mixes so what they're hoping when they want someone to master um, uh, their song is that this mastering engineer has a good room and has good speakers and has hopefully 20 years of ear experience and mastering experience and that this person can undo all the shit they've done wrong in their mix 
This is possible in a, in a way, but it's obviously it would be much nicer if uh, if they could just mix it properly. Um, if you are aware of the fact that you need someone to fix your mix and you hope to have it fixed and mastering, then you should fix your mix. Um, I was just talking to a, one of the people th this week who was thinking she might need mastering for on this one track and I said, if it's just one track, you do not need mastering if the mix is good. Every mastering engineer will tell you this. If the mix is great, they probably won't do anything on the song because why would they? Would, would they? It's like if that's the way it's supposed to be and it sounds good, then it sounds good. So um, if your mix is really good these days, you do not need mastering because you don't need the loudness. There are reasons when you would have loudness added. For example, if you want to put stuff into clubs, then maybe it should be a little louder depending on how smart the DJs in your scene are and stuff like that. But um, to recap this, Mixing is the most important part here. You can, like my demos sound better these days than a lot of stuff that's been mixed and mastered. Um, definitely better than all my old stuff sounded, simply because I know what I'm doing. And at this point, I mix in a way that there's a finished thing coming out that is not, that not in need of being specifically mastered unless it is for aesthetic reasons. Oh, there's my friend, so I'm going to stop this. I uh, hope you learned something. Monday, 6 o'clock in the evening. I uh, got the news today that the Kickstarter campaign was approved, and so I, uh, what do you say that? I launched it officially. Um, that was quite un unexpected because uh, I had expected them to need eight working days as per their info to approve it but apparently someone worked over the weekend which is good and um, yes I launched it today at what is it like 3.40 or something in the afternoon and two hours later uh, it was already funded so <laughs> it took exactly two hours at, uh, at 5.40 something like one minute longer than two hours. Um, uh, the 6,000 euros were there, so that was amazing. Uh, thank you to everyone who's listening to this and who pledged. Um, the last campaign, Asteria, uh, made a, like around 11,000 and made that in, what, what was that, four weeks or something like that? And um, it had a 5,000 euro goal which took, I, if I remember correctly, it took a little more than two days, like the weekend. Um, and now we got to 6,000 within two hours. And uh, that's really cool. That's really fucking cool. Which, because uh, 6,000 is like the minimum, minimum, minimum. Um, I wrote in my, uh, in my text there that uh, 6,000 is what I need to make the album. That's kind of a lie. It's the minimum, absolute minimum necessary to, to make, uh, like get the CDs printed and stuff like that. So uh, I am hoping that it'll continue to be funded more. Tuesday, what is it now? 11 something um, in the morning, early noon time. And uh, the Kickstarter is already at 
over 12,000 euros. So uh, that's amazing. And um, which means it is double the initial rate, which is actually the, the kind of money I need to get everything done the way I want it to get done. And um, yeah, what's my point here? The point is that it's very going really well. I mean, the first day, day and a half, two days is usually where most of the pledging happens. Then most of the time during the campaign, not that much happens. And then the last two days again, a lot of stuff happens. So uh, let's hope it continues a little bit more. And then uh, we can get to a really nice sum at the end of it. Uh, I'm very happy. I'm really happy about how this is going. Wednesday evening. Uh, yesterday, Esther was here again. If you listened to last week's uh, Fadercast, you will hear a little excerpt of the first song that we wrote for her and that she sang on. And um, I don't remember exactly when. I think last week, Saturday or something, Friday or Saturday, she sent me a voice message with a little melody. She was just singing while she was, I think, I don't know, uh, cleaning her aquarium or something like that. She told me um, what she was doing, but I forgot. And there's like this little rattling in the background, which might have been like a pump from the aquarium. Like, I, I have no idea any about the technical stuff about fish tanks and aquariums and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, there's some noise in the background. Anyway, she sent me a melody. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I'm going on this aquarium rant. Uh, what am I saying here? So she sent me this little melody and um, said, yeah, I came up with that. And I, I can imagine this being a little faster and, uh, you know, energetic, good vibe song, kind of like that. And um, I, I really like the melody. It was just, um, I, I'm going to put it uh, in right here. I'm riding through the night, looking for a new adventure. Da 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 da. Na 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 da 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 da. I thought it was really catchy the way it was. And so I sat down and wrote a song around that. And um, with today's technology, that's quite, uh, you can do that quite easily. I mean, obviously it takes time and work, but it's not impossible to do. And um, so what I did is uh, I had to change the melody slightly because obviously she did not sing her um, initial idea on on the on like a background of chords and on the background of a tempo or something like that. So I had to figure out what general tempo it was and what general key um, it was going to be in, and you know all the all stuff like that. And then obviously, if you don't sing on chords or bass or harmony or something like that, you're going to make some general strange decisions with the melody. So I had to change the melody slightly. 
to fit with chords and stuff like that. And uh, I sent her a demo back, which kind of sounded like this. And uh, which she also really liked, so that was good. I liked her melody, she liked what I did with it. I also wrote chorus lyrics, but I didn't feel like singing them because, oh yes, she sent me that and I worked on that song really early in the morning. I don't remember what day exactly it was, but I was up 5.30 or something. And I, I, I think I sent her the demo back before 7.30 or something like that. Um, and yes, yeah, so uh, she dropped by on Tuesday. Tuesday? Yes, today is Wednesday. Um, and we sat down and we wrote uh, more lyrics and she recorded that. And uh, it turned out really well. Uh, I really like how, how this is going. And um, I mean, she's, she's never been uh, like a professional singer or anything. And uh, hasn't had voice lessons and stuff like that. But uh, she's starting to work on that. And I think there's a difference between um, how the voice sounds on the first track and the second track already within a week or something. And uh, so here's a little, here's a little uh, demo version with uh, full vocals. So all in all, this is much more productive than I thought it would be. And uh, it's kind of cool um, because it got me out of the headspace of recording my album, which isn't any fun right now. It's just stupid work, like st stupid work as in like work, work with no creativity or anything. It's just recording vocals, making sure they sound good, picking the right vocal takes out of hundreds of vocal takes. And uh yeah, just getting through that. I'm looking forward to getting back to the producing part. That's so funny because I used to think that that's what I did not like, producing and mixing right now. I'm like, yeah, let me go back to the producing part because now I can make it sound nice and interesting. Um, I don't know. Uh, yes. Anyway, um, the... We'll see. We'll see. Right now, the two tracks that uh, Esther has are, to me, they're better than most of the stuff that the synth goth scene is doing. And uh, considering that she's a complete beginner at singing, um, we'll see how that goes. Maybe 2022, <laughs> we do something with that. We'll see. Thank you for listening to this episode of FaderCast. If you have any questions or suggestions, 
just email me at contact at faderet.com. You can obviously also find me on all the socials, uh, on Instagram at Faderhead Official and everywhere else under Faderhead. Please be a friend and tell a friend about this podcast. And until next time. Fader 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 Fader